just a little bit about what we wanted to talk about. First of all, for those that don't know us, we're Tim and Meg Britton. As Jen said, we're elders here and we're associate pastors in the marriage family area. Um, we've been going to church here now, I think it's going on 13 years. So we've been here for a long time and we enjoy it. We in, it's a small church, but it's a giving church, a loving church. It feels like family. Uh, we always welcome new people. We love to have new people come. Um, but we're very happy to be here and um, blessed to have uh, Larry and Vicki as our pastors here too. Amen. So, and Absolutely. thank you all. And our fellow elders and, and all the helpers along here in the church. So thank you. Meg and I have been married. It'll be 41 years in October, but it hasn't always been easy street for us. Okay. We do have a testimony. <laughs> Okay, life wasn't always perfect. Um, we had uh, room for plenty of forgiveness. Um, situations for me, I'll just start off with that. Do you want to start? No, yeah. go ahead. Okay. You're um, on a roll. <laughs> the uh, situation with me is my situation with my dad wasn't a good one growing up. Uh, my dad had a real critical spirit. Um, nothing was good enough. Nothing was great enough. I, I could always do more. So God did healing through that forgiveness process. And with my father, you know, even though it was a lengthy process of probably over 20 years, I was finally able to forgive him, not bring it up all the time, not bring up all the mean things that happened. My dad was physical at times, you know, even with closed fist. And that was tough, but that wasn't all the time. The, the thing that was really tough was the emotional um, and verbal abuse. You know, that's one thing that you carry with you a little bit longer than the beatings. So um, he could be a good man. He was certainly a good provider. He just didn't, wasn't the great, greatest dad. <laughs> so, so Meg's going to share a little bit about well, her forgiveness issue. Yes. I grew up on a farm in North Dakota. I was the third child and I had an older brother that was wonderful. I had an older sister that you couldn't ask for a better daughter. But she was rough on me. And uh, my parents were uh, loving, and, and, um, but not great when it came. Well, they were farmers. When do you find time? When do you find time? I mean, they made a decent living for us and had to take us to school. My dad had to drive us back and forth, you know, twice a day. And they were caught up in their stuff. And consequently, I was third child. So there were a lot of things that I had to deal with. Was When there's an older brother that's wonderful and your sister is ideal, where does that leave you? So I was the odd one out. And um, so I was kind of a brat. And um, I did a lot of things that they didn't expect because the other two children were so ideal. They didn't see me coming and didn't know how to handle me. And so um, I kind of took the other path. Um, I was good in school, and um, but I was just kind of I kind of got messed up along the way, and uh, so I went to college, stuck it out for a year, and then went to Minneapolis, which was the big city, and boy was that a shock 
from the farm, small town to the big city. And um, I worked at a bank for a while. And uh, I remember when Kennedy got shot, you know, that was a big deal. And uh, I was raised a Catholic. And so when I needed the church, when I needed the body of Christ, they weren't there. They weren't anywhere near. And uh, I went to uh, confession one time, and I, I was in the process of telling my sins. And I don't know where this priest had been, but all of a sudden he's counseling me on how to get an abortion. And I thought, what? You know, it, well, I mean, that was just so strange. Anyway, I... <laughs> One of the things that people called me was naive. Yes, I probably was. And they also called me Pollyanna because I just believed the best about everybody. And it hurt because, because I believed the good in everybody. Not everybody was good to me. And I ended up marrying a young man, and he was very uh, ambitious and uh he referred to our relationship as a corporate merger because he had great plans for me on how he was, how I was going to help him be wealthy. And so we started a business together and he was unfaithful. And so after four and a half years, we uh, got a divorce. And then I was in a small crowd because I didn't, I didn't adjust to a lot of strangers and it was scary. <laughs> you know, you'd go to a party in, in a big city and you have no idea who these people are. And so I stuck to kind of the group that we were in. Well, I started living with a another man who was an interior decorator and very talented. But he got involved in drugs and we would have these parties at our house. And I would end up just you know, I was just so frustrated because I just didn't fit in. Most of my life, I felt like I didn't fit in. Like, I didn't fit into my home, in my family. And when I got into trouble, I had nobody to turn to. I tried to turn to the church. There was nobody there. And so, a long, for a long time, I just felt really alone and frustrated and at that point, went into this relationship, I decided to commit suicide. And uh, I knew how I would do it. And uh, I was working in a retail store at the time. And a gal came in. And she'd been a customer, she said, for a while. But my eyes were just blinded. I mean, I was so... I don't know. I was just kind of dead man walking is what I would like to call it. And one night, I, after I had made this decision, and I went to the Lord and I said, hey, this whole thing just really is a mess. I've messed up my life. Thank you very much. I did it all by myself, and I'll admit it. But I'm out of here. I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm out of here because I'm done. And... Um, so that night, uh, at the end of the day, at this retail store, it was like 9.30 at night, 
I let this, I was locking the door to the um, store, and this gal was walking out in front of me, and she turned to me, and she read my mail. And I just looked at her with a blank stare, like, you got to be kidding me, you know? Uh, so then I just, I mean, I'm sure in what she said, she probably said something about the Lord and how I could pray this prayer and, you know, you know, it won't be easy, but, you know, the Lord will be there for me and all this sort of thing. Well, the next, so I went home and I just forgot all about it. I mean, I just blanked it out. And so the next day she came back again and she said, well, did you do it? Did you do it? And I said, do what? I mean, it was like I had not seen her. I mean, it was just, everything was gone. And so she she said, well, come on. So she dragged me in the back room, and there were no customers there. I locked the door. And so she sat down with me and shared with me how the Lord loved me and forgave me and, you know, walked me through and, and took my hands and prayed with me. And, and it was just... It was just frozen in time, that moment. And then she went out the door, and I went uh, went out through the back, and it was dark, totally dark in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and I realized the stars were shining. Here I was in a bright city, and it was totally pitch black to me, and I look up, and I could see the stars. That doesn't normally happen, because you've got all the city lights. And so I got in my car, and I just, I had this overwhelming presence of the Lord. It was like, I was dead, and now I'm alive. Now what? (laughs) But I just felt this joy and this peace, and I just knew that he was going to take care of me, that everything was going to be okay. Well, about four or five days later, the gal came back and she said, we're having a Bible study tonight. God bless her for being so persistent because I had no connections. I had no church. I had no nothing. But she just was there for me. Uh, um, she was an amazing gal. Anyway, so I went to the Bible study that night. Well, in the next room, they're doing deliverance, you know. So it's like the Lord says, okay, have you, I mean, do you have any idea what I'm all about? And it was just like, I just go, whoa, this is interesting. A gal was mimicking a cat and growling. And I mean, it was, it was pretty exciting. But she had kept me in this room and was praying with me and, you know, kind of, uh, doing an, uh, inner healing. But not only did she do that, but then for weeks afterwards, I would go to her house and spend hours with her as she would walk me through things for inner healing. I mean, she changed my life. God used her in just amazing ways. And I was able to um, start going to a church, and I actually went on staff. I mean, I am a new believer, and I am right in the middle of the biggest um, charismatic church in downtown Minneapolis, 8th and Hennepin Avenue, and we're, we're evangelizing. I mean, we've got 
we've got all the big singers coming in, and I'm right in the middle of it, and I'm a new believer. It was pretty, pretty astounding. But at the point, I also, she was walking me through forgiveness, forgiveness for my mother, because I could hear my mother's voice 24 hours a day saying, don't do this and do this. And you know, what are the neighbors going to say? I mean, there was, she had just programmed me. And so, uh, you know, I got set free of all that, which was just amazing. And then, um, what else happened to me? I, uh, was working, uh, I, I, in, uh, I want to say JP, but it was Jesus People Church. I started working for one of the pastors who was an evangelist. And he decided that he wanted to live in Colorado Springs. And so my job was going away. And so I decided, hearing from the Lord, I said, Hey, Lord, this sounds great. I've been to Colorado Springs. I love it. But you've got to go before me. You've got to make sure that. I know that I'm connected with a church. I'm not going to be there not knowing anybody. So I happened to be at a, a church, kind of a pastor's get-together, and, you know, it was kind of like staff and pastors and that sort of thing. They happened to have a guy that came in. He was from Colorado Springs, and he was a pastor. And he had uh, he was the pastor of A Church Alive. So I had a connection, so I felt comfortable. Okay, so I felt like I could move here, but also several of the staff that I was working with, they moved here too. Well, shortly after we moved here, I moved here, they moved here, uh, we had a, a crusade with Nikki Cruz. And, um, and we were getting ready for a... And we were getting ready for the crusade, and I go to one of the organizational meetings, and I had to pick up this gal, and it was hot, and I was tired, and I was sweating, and I wanted to go home. And I'm sitting there with this gal that I'd never met before, and I look up, and there's these eyes looking at me, and it's Tim. Mr. Wright. <laughs> Mr. Tim was sitting right in front of me. So at the intermission, he stands up, I stand up. I want to run because I want to go home and take a shower. And he starts telling me his whole life. And I sit down and I say, Lord, what was that? Because I have been meeting with the Lord at noon. You know, I would leave the office because if you work in a ministry office, you don't get to have lunch. You just eat your food at the desk. But anyway, I used to run away in my car and I would sit and pray and woe is me, tell the Lord things. And one day I said, I need some friends. And so I looked up and there's this billboard and it's got the Marlboro man on it. And I said, and I don't want no cowboy. She so, didn't get one. <laughs> here's, here's my Flatlander from Boston, or Peabody. Yeah. Peabody. 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 But anyway, so God has walked us through a lot. But I will tell you, we've been married 41 years, 
but the lessons that we have learned about forgiveness and perseverance and love have kept us together for 41 years. Mm -hmm. Tim and I are very much different, very different. And we know that it is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is him and the Lord and Yeshua that keep us together because we're, Tim is very more Detail-oriented. Detail-oriented, yes, and artistic. And, you know, he just, and I'm just, for several years after we got married, Tim would tell me in great detail about, you know, we need to do this. And it would be just all these details. And I'd say, (laughs) what is the bottom line? Just get to the bottom line. Without a vision, my people perish. (laughs) (laughs) So we finally found out that he's, He's a C. He's a completer. He loves details. So now I will respectfully listen to all the details. And I'm a driver, and all I care about, I'm going to get the job done, even if there's dead people in the middle of it. But what's our number one? Our number one is I. We're influencers. We, uh, we enjoy we, people. We enjoy people. We love people. So. When we're in that mode, we just, oh, wonderful. We have just the greatest time. When we're in the other mode, not so much. (laughs) Well, we spent a little time on that, but some of you don't know that much about us, and we just wanted to introduce you. I I will tell, I told God he's got a sense of humor because he put us in marriage ministry, people that have three failed marriages behind them, you know. I said, God, you've got to be kidding. He said, no, you're going in marriage ministry. He, don't, he doesn't put people on shelves. He uses people in spite of themselves, right? So, And that was good for us. We got involved with a ministry called Nova Shalom within the first year we were married. And we stayed with that ministry probably for about, what, 16 years. And then God shared with us that there's people that come to those meetings that aren't getting much because they need to be mentored. Their marriage is in real trouble. And you need to help those people. And he kept me up one night, and he laid it out for me. I covered it with Meg. We went over and created an outline, and we started mentoring. And we grabbed people like you, and we said, you know what? You're not doing anything right now. Would you mind mentoring at your own leisure? And a lot of people stepped forward and said, yes, I'll do that. You know. So we had a lot of people getting help from the people that we knew and asked. doesn't hurt to ask. So... I will say all of that is that life isn't perfect. You know, we we had, you can see by what we shared, we certainly didn't have a perfect life. I was also suicidal. And the night that I found out about the infidelity and she had my sons lying for her and all of that, uh, it was very painful. And I was living in the apartment all by myself. I just wanted to end it all. I felt like a huge failure. And I didn't want to live anymore. And God, I prayed in the spirit all night long. And I felt like I'd had 10 hours of sleep when I, when I finally went off to work. He just gave me that assurance, everything will be okay. You're going to be all right. I'm taking care of you and everything associated with you. So I, I walked in that peace. I also was struggling financially. And as I was struggling financially, he said, I want you to take up a compassion child. I said, Lord, if I put it on paper, I'm not making it at all. That's why I'm going to happy hours for the food. And he said, no, you need to take a compassion child. 
So I took on a compassion child, uh, Friska Maria was her name, out of Indonesia. And I was paying monthly for her, and he was taking care of me. So be obedient. That's the whole thing. And you can't outgive, you can't outgive God, you know, right? He's that generous, and he's that wealthy. <laughs> he's got all the wealth in heaven. So just listen. So we're going to bring you a little bit through the process. We wanted to share. There's no better way to share the process than to share through God's word. And it's become a living word for us. You know, for years, being a Catholic, we didn't use the Bible. They taught us out of a missal, it was called, their interpretation of the Bible. Well, when I finally got into the Bible, I was just reading it. You know, I'm going to read a chapter today, you know. And then you asked me what I read, I wouldn't know. You know, so now I just read what God wants me to, to go over and, and cover, and then I want to share that. So that's what we're sharing, starting with Psalms 32. And you have the teaching in front of you, and Zoomers, I'm sorry, so you'll just have to listen, but it'll be out on the Joyland Life website, not before too long, right? So... Starting with uh, Forgiven, a poem of insight and instruction by King David. What bliss belongs to one whose rebellion has been forgiven? Those whose sins are covered by blood. <coughs> what bliss belongs to those who have confessed their corruption to God? For he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. Before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustrations, irrepressible anguish, and misery. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. My strength was sapped. My inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. That's David's prayer. And then at this point, we're, we're going to Salah, or pause in his presence. This is a time of reflection, a word of reflection with Jesus. Uh, you can take notes if God has given you anything, but we just want to take a moment here. Just close your eyes, see Jesus, and share whatever you want to share with Jesus based on David's prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Then I finally admitted to you all my sins, refusing to hide them any longer. I said, my life-giving God... I will openly acknowledge my evil actions, and you forgave me. All at once, the guilt of my sin washed away, and all my pain disappeared. Another time of Selah, or pausing in his presence. If there's any sins that have been plaguing you, Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. He washed us clean of all of our sins. But you know, if you're anything like me, sometimes when you find yourself in sin, you know, I love 1 John 1 9. It's for me, it's not for him. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It's a reminder to me of what he's already done. This is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God, do it every time. God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you'll be kept safe. Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. 
Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. And, and here is the Lord's response. I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Praise God. It was also another time of reflection there. If you have to forgive yourself for something, you have to forgive somebody else that you've never forgiven, or you need to forgive them again, then just take that time. We're just going to take a minute. Again, close your eyes before Jesus and forgive yourself and forgive that person. You want to be free, and he wants you free. So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows his kindness to everyone who is his. Go ahead, shout for joy, all you upright ones who want to please him. And I we just, all want to please God. I just want to say something at this point. <laughs> This prayer that King David did was after he had killed um, Bathsheba's husband. His heart was broken. He really needed to be set free. He knew what it was like to walk with God, but because of what he had done, he had been separated from the Lord. So his heart was, was really hurting. And so... How, how, we, how we came to use Psalm 32 was uh, we went to an intensive that Nancy had a, a month or so ago. And the one thing, and there were, it was like a fire hose, you know, it was intense. <laughs> it was amazing. But the one thing that stuck out to me was uh, that if there's any sin in our life and the Lord's uh, using us, if we don't get it settled with the Lord, it can be exposed and many people can get hurt. I was at the church in Minneapolis when they had a split. I was at New Life when that blew up. I know the pain that that causes the family of God. And so... I want to make sure that we get there. We get these things dealt with. And it was surprising. Uh, uh, about a week ago, I said, okay, Lord, if there's stuff in my life, get it out there. Woo! It was painful. You know, stuff that I thought that I had dealt with, boy, it just came roaring up. And I just said, I got to get this taken care of. And so I just kept after it and just... Uh, kept in the Lord's presence, and and finally I just felt it lift. But it was night and day, you know, and it's stuff you, you're carrying around and you don't realize it, but it's the very thing that the enemy can get a hold of you on. And then it's like, I, I, I said to myself, why when something is said to me, I have this attitude, you know, I have this 
anger or this frustration. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. And so that's when the Lord started probing me. So I know a lot of you have all gone through forgiveness, you know, but sometimes we bury things so deep and it's kind of like you've got to peel this stuff off, get rid of it. Okay, I know. Meg's going to share from Romans 4, 5, 8, but why she's doing that, would somebody mind distributing, we're going to have communion, would somebody mind distributing the wine and somebody else distribute the bread? for us. I appreciate it. And uh, the wine is on the outside. In the middle is a juice if you don't want wine. Okay, in Romans 4, 5 and 8, I'm only going to read, I believe it's 6, uh, 6 and 7. Even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness that covers inside a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness is heard over our life. Apart from our works, God's work is enough. Here's what David says. What happy fulfillment is ahead for those whose rebellion has been forgiven and whose sins are covered by blood. What happy progress comes to them when they hear the Lord speak over to them. I will never hold your sins against you. The Greek uses the word Lagesima, which, which means to take an inventory and settle accounts. God has taken inventory of the virtue of Christ, and through faith in him, his perfect righteousness is now deposited in our account. It is settled. We are declared righteous by faith. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Forgiveness is powerful. You know, so many people like us have experienced so much freedom through the forgiveness you know, again, if you're holding not against somebody, then it plagues more on you than it's plaguing on them. A lot of times they don't even know that you don't forgive them, you know. And I've heard a lot of times, but I'm justified. You don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they did to me. Well, I know what they did to us, you know, and we chose to forgive. And look what God freed us up for, you know. He put us in a marriage ministry of all things, you know. You never know what he wants to do but you have to be obedient. So um, as soon as uh, we're finished getting the elements, we're going to have a communion time. And then Meg is going to share with one with Christ in glory. Hallelujah. Yeah. We don't have too much more to cover for the worship team. So we'll try to get through that. We got a little bit late start, but we'll catch up. Thank you, Richard. I'll get one for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Okay. Well, Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you for this bread representative of the beautiful and wonderful body. That body of yours that took on all those stripes, that took on a crown of thorns that took on all of those horrible beatings. And we just thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to do it all for us, that you were willing to pay the price for us on that cross and everything before the cross, the humiliation and everything that happened to you and knowing that that was going to happen to you, you still did it for us. So thank you, Jesus. We love you for it. As we partake of this, the body of Christ, we're reminded that you have healed us 
in every part of our being, body, soul, and spirit, our emotions, our finances, our relationships, all of it is healed through taking in this body of Christ. So we partake of it now in your name, Yeshua. And Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you, Jesus, for the blood that was shed from your body, for the forgiveness of our sins, giving us access into your heavenly home. We thank you that we have your presence in our life, that you are, as we partake of this blood, it mingles with our blood. Your DNA mingles with our DNA, and we are truly transformed. We thank you that we are one with you, body, soul, and spirit, we are one with you. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. This is Colossians 3, one with Christ in glory. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him, in his glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, New creation life. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live as one who has died with every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has who has died uh, and who has died to disease and the desires for fid- forbidden things, including the desire for wealth which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade in disguise, for you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, nor your ethnicity, education, or economic status. They matter nothing, for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. Love one another. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable, 
in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And what about loving relationships? I'm going to read on loving relationships. You know, there's so much that he gives us in the Word. We love the Passion Translation. As you can tell, all of these are the Passion. Uh, Passion does a great job of expressing what God is saying in his Word in a way that we can easily understand. There's plenty of room, like Larry uses NASB a lot, for teaching purposes, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew. But we just wanted this to be a lesson of the heart, and especially as it relates to forgiveness. So, um, loving relationships. Let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. For this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything, for it pleases our Lord Jesus. We are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. And fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children, or else they may become discouraged. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer. Not just when their pure hearts, nope. not just when their employees are watching, and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from, from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed. For God pays no attention to the title or the prestige of men. And then finally, Meg is going to read from John 14, 15 through 21. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. We're not in this alone. There's a lot here that, you know, we, you know, the Lord wants to apply in our lives. But this is not a journey on our own. He's there. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. 
I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will uh, come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me and I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. As I was preparing this and reading it over and over for the last few days and really seeking the Lord, he, he spoke to me, and I was really surprised. Forgiveness is a key to our civilization. Civilizations have lived longer or existed longer than what we're experiencing here in our country. But they have learned some things that we don't know in the Western world and forgiveness and righteousness and peace and joy are a big part of that. If this civilization is to survive, we as the body of Christ need to walk in these things. And it is only with his help and his love that we're able to do that. Amen. And uh, we're going to leave off with here. There is an exercise of prayer for love and forgiveness. If there's anybody in your life, including yourself, that you need to forgive, this is a wonderful prayer. And it's got blanks in there where you can put a name or names including your own if you need to. But um, hopefully this will set you free like it set us free, and God will work miracles in your life too. Yeah, We love you all. God yes. bless you. Got to have the worship team come back now. And uh, God bless you all.